I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome. It is Verdict with Senator Ted Cruz. Ben Ferguson with you. So nice to have you uh, with us after we had an abbreviated podcast yesterday. We're back up and running, or I say two days ago, we're back up and running now. Uh, yeah, it never fails that you have technical issues on the biggest nights, but we got through it and we appreciate you guys listening to us today because we have a lot to talk about with the Devin Archer issue. Uh, Senator, we first obviously have to deal with the fact that yet again, Donald Trump's being charged and arraigned uh, on more charges against him. I want to get your reaction to that before we do a deep dive into the Devin Archer testimony before Congress. Well, this week is a huge week in terms of developments for the rule of law, developments for Joe Biden, developments for Hunter Biden and developments for Donald Trump. Uh, This week, obviously, Donald Trump was indicted yet again, a third time by special counsel Jack Smith. It is an indictment that I believe is a political indictment. It is the latest manifestation of the politicization of the Department of Justice, where the Democrats, every time there are bad developments about Joe Biden, about Hunter Biden, they immediately turn around and try to overtake the news cycle with yet another attack on Donald Trump. And and it is doing severe damage to the integrity of the Department of Justice. And listen, actually, yesterday, uh, one of Trump's lawyers outside the courtroom expressed it really powerfully, the, the, the shameless timing of each of these indictments. Give a listen. The fact that I am standing here for the third time in five months is not a coincidence. This is the Biden political lawfare that we have seen time and time again. It is a deflection from everything that they have done. And if you don't believe me, look at the facts. On March 17th, Hunter accidentally admits that it was his laptop from hell. The next day, DA Alvin Bragg indicts President Trump. June 8th, an FBI document is released showing that the Ukrainians paid the Biden crime family millions and millions of dollars. The next day, the Mar-a-Lago raid and the Mar-a-Lago indictment. Last week, Hunter Biden's sweetheart plea deal fell through when the judge realized it had blanket immunity. The following day, a superseding indictment against Donald Trump. July 31st, Devin Archer goes to testify in front of the House. That was only after they failed to put him in jail prior to the fact. 
happens the next day, the January 6th indictment that we're here for today. This is not a coincidence. This is election interference at its finest against the leading candidate right now for president for either party. You, you hear that. And this is I'm so glad that the Trump team did this to remind people we actually did this uh, on the show, Senator, just a couple of days yep. ago. They're not even trying to hide no. how biased they are. It's like, all right, you do something exposing the Biden crime family. We're going to put Donald Trump in prison for now. What is it? Five hundred and seventy six years. I'm not exaggerating. It's actually like pretty yeah. close to the number. If he's found guilty on everything, they're not hiding it at all. Yeah, yeah, but you got to understand, the objective is not to put Donald Trump in prison for a day. The objective, Joe Biden's political objective, Merrick Garland's political objective, number one, they want Trump to win the primary. And they have recognized that every time they indict him, his numbers go up in the Republican primary. But number two, the reason, one of the key reasons they want him to win the primary, is they want in September and October of next year, right before Election Day, they want ideally multiple criminal trials ongoing. They want Trump being prosecuted. They want all of the headlines to be about anything other than the disastrous Joe Biden record. They don't want to talk about the chaos at our southern border and seven million illegal immigrants under Joe Biden. They don't want to talk about the train wreck that is Bidenomics, including seeing the U.S. credit rating downgraded after Biden and the Democrats engaged in trillions of dollars of a reckless spending spree. They don't want to talk about rising crime rates because of their assault on law enforcement and, and police across this country. They don't want to talk about the disaster of foreign policy, including the largest land war in Europe since World War II. They don't want to d d d talk about the shameful surrender to the Taliban and, and withdraw in Afghanistan. They don't want to talk about how every enemy of America is stronger today and how Joe Biden has weakened and undermined our allies across the country. None of that do they want the conversation to be about. They want the conversation to be about today in the criminal trial against Donald Trump. Here's the horrible testimony we heard. They believe that's how they win. And that, we've talked a lot in this podcast about how the far left, what they accuse you of is what they're doing. That is an assault on democracy because they don't trust the voters. They don't want the voters to vote on Biden's record because if we vote on Biden's record, Biden loses. Instead, they want to use the Department of Justice to steal the election. And let's be clear, they're trying to steal it by dominating the headlines, by bringing the full force of the federal government to bring case after case after case. And listen, we talked about on Wednesday's podcast how the objective of this latest indictment isn't to send Trump to jail. It is rather to bring this case before a D.C. jury that is overwhelmingly Democrat, that overwhelmingly despises Donald Trump. They got lucky and they got one of the most left wing, if not the most left wing federal district judge in D.C., who presumably is going to rule against Trump over and over and over again. There's a very real possibility they get a guilty verdict from a D.C. jury. And in their perfect world, they'd like that guilty verdict maybe about October 20th of next year would would be the Democrat dream scenario. Now, they know full well if there is a guilty verdict when that goes up on appeal and when it gets up to the Supreme Court, it is overwhelmingly likely to be thrown out that this 
this indictment is an indictment for challenging the results of an election, which you're entitled to do, which Democrats do after election, after election, after election. It's an indictment for engaging in free speech and Donald Trump standing up and expressing his views about voter fraud. It's an indictment saying it is criminal that he did not believe some of the advice he was given. You read the indictment and it's really laughable. It says, well, Trump knew his claims were false because so-and-so told them he w- they were false. Now, mind you, he had other people telling him they were true. And according to the Biden Department of Justice, if you pick the wrong person to listen to, that is now suddenly a criminal offense. This is election interference. It is also ongoing news management. And, and so we talked about in Wednesday's pod how you and I sat down Tuesday afternoon to record Wednesday's pod. And the entire topic was going to be about Devin Archer, that it was major news breaking. And as we were sitting down, we were about to record it. We both got over our phones, Trump's notification. I'm going to be indicted at 5 p.m. today. And we're like, oh, never mind. And not only was it successful in clearing Devin Archer off of the six o'clock news on every station, which it probably would have done anyway, But it even cleared it off of this podcast where we had to devote Wednesday's podcast to that indictment, which meant we didn't get to Devin Archer. So what we're going to do now, listen, there's going to be plenty of time and podcasts to come to analyze the legal issues in Trump indictment number one, Trump indictment number two, Trump indictment number three, Trump indictment number 436, all of the ones (laughs) they're going to bring. There'll be plenty of time for that. This podcast There's going to be a lot of that. Yeah, and today, that's why it's so important that we talk about Devin Archer. Before we do that, I do want to tell people about a really cool event coming up for Verdict listeners that I want you to be a part of. Uh, We're going to Israel. It is going to be an amazing trip. Israel, as you know, is the cradle of Judaism, Christianity, and many of the principles that we hold dear as Americans. And we're putting a trip together. You're going to visit sites like the Armageddon Battlefield, Nazareth, Jericho, Jerusalem, Bethlehem. You're going to set sail on the Sea of Galilee, and you're also going to float on the Dead Sea with other listeners of this podcast. You're going to walk in the footsteps of biblical figures like King David and Jesus Christ, and you'll do it with other listeners from around the country. I'm going to meet up with you in Jerusalem. You're going to experience this uh, with some of the greatest sites, the Western Wall, the Temple Mount. This trip is going to deepen your understanding of the Bible uh, and of Western civilization Plus, it's going to leave you with friends and memories that are going to last a lifetime. Now, you got time to plan for this trip. It takes place May the 6th through the 15th of 2024. People are signing up fast, so you need to book your spot now before it's too late. Now, you can get all the information right now by going to christianexpedition.com slash Ben. Okay, christianexpedition.com slash Ben. Or you can call them and get all the information you need. 877-234-3002. ChristianExpedition.com slash Ben. Come with me and other listeners to Israel. Senator, let's get into Devin Archer here. And and when you look at his testimony, give me a couple of your big takeaways of what was said that was even shocking to you just an overall recap of of how insane his testimony actually was. Well, the biggest and most consequential thing that Devin Archer testified to 
is that Joe Biden has been lying to the American people for years and the Biden White House has been lying to the American people for years. That when Joe Biden said he had never discussed any of Hunter's overseas business deals, dealings with Hunter Biden, assuming Devin Archer is telling the truth, Joe Biden was flat out lying, that he had had roughly 20 conversations that Devin Archer was aware of. That is bombshell testimony because it goes right to the heart of Joe Biden's central defense that, gosh, this was just Hunter doing his thing. It wasn't me. And and listen, I think the best way to do this is to actually walk systematically through through some of the testimony. So Devin Archer met Hunter Biden sometime between 2000 and 2004. And Devin Archer became involved in Burisma in 2014 when he joined the Burisma board. And the relationship started when Mikola Zlochevsky and Vadim Posharsky were on the target list of potential investors in a fund that was known as Rosemont Real Estate Acquisition Fund 1. Uh, he also confirmed that the former president of Poland, Alexander Kwasniewski, joined the Burisma board. And notably, this same point was in the FD-1023 that, that the FBI prepared. So, so this is one, one level of concurrence between those two. Devin Archer described how he flew to Warsaw in March of 2014 to meet with Kwasniewski and to discuss Devin Archer's joining Burisma's board. And he said that he recalled Hunter Biden referring to President Biden as, quote, my guy, when shown the email he received from Hunter Biden on April 12th. Now, now think about this for a second. Ben, have you ever referred to your dad as my guy? No, not once in my life. Certainly not in the sense of like, hey, he's my guy that I'm that I'm selling at a high, to the highest bidder in the world. Right. Look, that's not normal. Daddy was Hunter's business. That's why he was my guy. I've lived 52 years. I'm quite confident I've never referred to my father as my guy because yeah. that's not my business. That was Hunter's business. Devin Archer discussed Hunter talking about how bringing then-Vice President Biden, and to be clear, Joe Biden was the sitting Vice President of the United States at that time, uh, how bringing then-Vice President Biden to Ukraine would add value in the eyes of Burisma. And Devin Archer described that as, quote, pretty obvious if you're, you know, you're the son of a vice president. Now, here's an exchange. The majority council, the Republican council, asked Devin Archer the following. You keep saying the brand, but by brand, you mean the Biden family, correct? Archer, correct. Majority council. And that brand is what, in your opinion? Was the majority of what the value that was delivered from Hunter Biden to Burisma? Archer, I didn't say majority, but I wouldn't speculate on percentages, but I do think that was an element of it. Representative Andy Biggs chimes in. When you say Biden family, sorry to cut in here, I just want to get a clarification. You aren't talking about Dr. Jill or anybody else. You're talking about Joe Biden. Is that fair to say? Archer. Yeah, that's fair to say. Listen, I think it's I don't think about it as, you know, Joe directly, but it's fair. That's fair to say. Obviously, that brought 
the most value to the brand. So there's a reason that Joe Biden was my guy to Hunter, because Joe Biden was the brand that was being sold. All right. Next exchange. Majority counsel. That Hunter Biden was adding value. His value that he was adding was in part, as you said, his family. Archer, uh-huh. Majority counsel. And so what is your basis for knowing that? Archer? My basis for knowing that? Well, I think there was, there are particular, you know, objectives that Burisma was trying to accomplish. And a lot of it's about opening doors, you know, globally in D.C. And I think that, you know, that was the, you know, and then obviously having those doors open, you know, sent the right signals, you know, for Burisma to, you know, carry on its business and be successful. All right. Here's the next conversation. Archer, quote, my only thought is that I think Burisma would have gone out of business if it didn't have the brand attached to it. Now, pause to think for a second. He just testified to Congress that Burisma, the Ukrainian natural gas company owned by a corrupt Ukrainian oligarch, would have gone out of business if it didn't have the brand. What is the brand? Joe Biden attached to it. So there's a reason they paid Hunter a million bucks a year, because attaching Joe Biden's name to the company kept the company solvent. Archer continues, that's my, like, only honest opinion, but I have no basis for any never heard any conversations. And then, then you see the Democrats jump in, and Representative Goldman, and Goldman, who was the lead lawyer for the Democrats in the Trump impeachments, and he's now a baby freshman Democrat representative from New York, he's decided his job is to be Hunter Biden's lawyer. And so he's jumping in, and he says, well, no, but, but, but that's different than Joe Biden's action, because, you know, Goldman's, Representative Goldman's job is to defend Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Archer goes, right. Goldman, you're just talking about that Hunter was on the board. Archer, right. And I think that's why, Goldman. And so, Archer, it was able to survive for as long as it did. Goldman, by, because of additional capital or Archer, just because of the brand. Goldman, well, I don't understand. How does that have an impact? Archer. Well, the capabilities to navigate D.C., that they were able to, you know, basically be in the news cycle. And I think that preserved them from a, you know, from a longevity standpoint. That's like my honest. That's really what I think that that's like how I think holistically. Goldman. But how would that work? Archer. Because people would be intimidated to mess with them. Goldman. In what way? Archer. Legally. Goldman. Uh Uh-huh. Archer. So on this line of questioning, I have no like proof. I have no nothing. All right. Let's see, though, what he does have proof with. Here's another line of questioning. Majority counsel. And I want to talk about the value. Going back to this, it would be the spring of 2014 Cafe Milano dinner. Archer, uh uh-huh. Spring of 14. Yeah, the first one. Majority counsel. And since we talked about it before the break, if you could just recap. Could you say again who was there? Now, this Cafe Milano is a shishi restaurant in D.C., and there was a dinner. Here's Archer's answer. Archer, sure. Keens Rakishev, Kareem Masimov, Yelena Baterina, possibly Yuri, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden. Mind you, Joe Biden's the vice president of the United States at the time. Possibly Eric Schwerin. 
Majority Council. The duration of the time that Joe Biden stayed, stayed there, you said you couldn't recall. But do you recall whether he had dinner or whether, oh, he had dinner, yeah, Archer says. I recall that he had dinner. It was a regular, not, not a long dinner, but, but dinner. Majority Council. And so this dinner takes place in the spring of 2014, approximately. But then do you recall getting a wire on February 14th of 2014 from Yelena Baturina for $3.5 million to Rosemont Seneca Thornton? Archer to Rosemont Seneca Thornton, Majority Council, yes. Archer, yes. And why I remember that is from, from the other testimony, yes. All right, so the Majority Council follows up on this. Majority Council, there's a wire, an incoming wire, to the Rosemont Seneca Bohai account for April 22nd of 2014 for $142,300. Soon thereafter, there's an outgoing wire, which appears to be the next day, to a beneficiary of Schneider Nelson Motor for this exact same amount. What was, first off, our understanding is that Novitas Holding, PTE Limited, is associated with Keynes Rashikev. Archer, that's my understanding. Why did Rosemont Seneca Bohai receive this $142,000 payment from Rashikev? Archer, it was for a car. Majority Council, for whose car? Archer, for Hunter's car. Majority Council, was this a Porsche? Archer, it gets a little foggy here. But I, I believe it was a Fisker first and then a Porsche. But it was, yes, it was Majority Council for an expensive car, Archer. For an expensive car, yes. So, by the way, the brand is very profitable. I, I'm curious, Ben. You've lived 40-some-odd years on, on planet Earth. Have you ever had Russians wire you $142,000 to buy a, a, a Porsche or a Fisker? No, and no one directly connected to Vladimir Putin, who are best friends, and that's how they get their money. They're billions. Uh, and on top of the fact that, Senator, we've got to talk about this, they still have not been on the sanction list while all these other Russian oligarchs have been sanctioned. She has not been sanctioned yet every time the sanctions list come out. So if you want to know what you get for the money, the $3.5 million, right, or, or the other money for the car, apparently this is what you get. So, so, you're, so just to be clear, what you're saying is that Joe Biden has sanctioned numerous Russian oligarchs, and they happen to be the Russian oligarchs that didn't pay Hunter Biden millions of dollars. And he has not sanctioned other Russian oligarchs, and they happen to be the Russian oligarchs that did pay Hunter Biden millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars. Is that yeah, Fair. I mean, and that's uh, yes. And the suspicious activity reports, by the way, back this up. The House Oversight Committee backs it up. That you had three and the emails from Biden, from from Joe Biden or say Hunter Biden's laptop clearly showed three point five million was wired in February of twenty fourteen by the former first lady of Moscow again Yelena Batarina who attended at least at least that's the part here I also find interesting Senator at least one dinner with then Vice President Biden and his son and was uh, in turn transferred to a firm co-owned by Archer and Hunter Biden after its initial receipt by an entity that Biden defenders had insisted was solely controlled by Devin Archer. So they also lied about who was controlling the money when it came in. It gets worse. Let's go through a little bit more of the testimony. Majority counsel. All right, let's move on to the second dinner. Archer, the second dinner. Majority counsel. The spring 2015 Cafe Milano. Who was there? 
Archer, that dinner was, I think we went over it before, but it was Vadim, it was Hunter, Joe, myself, Kareem, Masimov, a Greek Orthodox priest, maybe someone from the World Food Program, Majority Council. And what did Joe do at that dinner? Did he have dinner? How long was he there? Archer, he had dinner, he had dinner. And there was, on that one, I believe the first one was like a, a birthday dinner, and the second was, I think we were supposed to talk about the World Food Program. So there was some talk about that. <laughs> yeah, just some, some about it, yeah. Uh, look, you know, World Food, things like fancy sport cars for Hunter. Listen, crack cocaine's not going to buy itself. And, and by the way, neither is a, a fancy beach house in Delaware, neither is a classic Corvette. That, that, that takes money. All right. Or home renovations. Don't forget about home renovations. Those are also very, very important. And the home renovations apparently were flowing from Hunter Biden's bank account for his dad's home in Delaware. Uh, And that's another part of this whole idea like, oh, they never were funneling money to one another or they never were, quote, in business together. As the White House just recently said, again, another example of the lies coming from the Biden crime family and, and coming from the podium at the White House. I want to tell you real quick about our friends over at Augusta Precious Metals. Uh, if you have been saving for a long time for retirement, you need to understand that you can protect your money with a gold IRA. I want to tell you about a company that I trust that can help you, Augusta Precious Metals. They're different because they even tell you if a gold IRA isn't your answer. They give you the facts. Now, Augusta Precious Metals is all about protecting IRAs and 401ks in this crazy economy. It's also so important, close to retirement or in retirement, to protect your hard-earned dollars because there is no time to make up losses. Now, if you want to get that free guide, you can get the free guide and understand if a gold IRA is right for you or not. You can also get their one-on-one web conference so you can ask questions. Both of these, the free guide and that web conference, are going to fill you with economic insight about gold IRAs and help you get that peace of mind. Call Augusta Precious Metals, 877, the number four, gold IRA. 877, the number four, gold IRA. Or visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com. All right, the next exchange gets even more damning if that's possible. Majority Council. How many times would you say Hunter Biden put his father on speakerphone or referenced his father being on the phone in front of others who were either foreign investors or foreign nationals who he, who he is soliciting business with or working with approximately? Archer. Approximately? The differentiation between investor and normal course of the day, you know, it's very hard to speculate on, but he, they spoke every day. He acknowledged that they spoke every day, and he would, you know, he would sometimes make it apparent that he spoke to his dad, and sometimes he put him on speaker. But as far as quantifying the number, you know, relative to investors, I don't know. Majority counsel. Not necessarily investors, but with people who Hunter Biden was trying to either get business with or make contacts with or add value to. Archer, in my 10, in my whole partnership, Maybe 20 times. Just stop there right there. He said 20 times Hunter Biden would put Joe Biden on the phone with people he was trying to get business with or make contacts with or add value to. Majority counsel. 
And during those 20 times, did Hunter Biden ever place his dad on speakerphone? Archer, yes. Let's get a little more detail. Majority counsel. But if I were to just call my dad right now and put him on speakerphone, and we're in a professional business meeting here, would that be odd to you? Archer, would would that be odd to me? Majority counsel, yes. That would be odd if you called your dad right now. (laughs) Majority counsel, so so there's a time and a place where it's professional to do so. Excuse me. When you're in a personal meeting and you may call your dad or a family member if you're with family. But if you're in a professional meeting and you're meeting foreign business leaders or whoever it may be, and you just place your dad on speakerphone on the table, that's a little odd, isn't it? Archer, that is a little odd. I mean, it's not odd. I mean, it's quite obvious what we're talking around. Majority counsel. So what are we talking about? You are talking around it, and so I'd like to get it out. What are we talking about here? Archer, that I think at the end of the day, part of what was delivered is the brand. I mean, it's like anything. You know, if you're Jamie Dimon's son or or any CEO, you know, I think that's what we're talking about here is that there was brand being delivered along with other capabilities and reach. I think brand is the best way to describe it. All right. Next exchange. Majority counsel. Going back to the calls that Hunter Biden would put on speakerphone with his father and others, can you describe what the other people would say? And and if you can recall, after Hunter Biden did that, because I'll tell you, just, just from an everyday American, if someone put the vice president of the United States on the phone right in front of you, it'd be pretty impressive. Archer, absolutely. Majority counsel, and I, I would think there would be some sort of reaction from those people. Archer. Yeah, I I think everybody, I think everybody remains, you know, cool and calm like it was, you know, and then probably called their friends and family and said they spoke to him. But, you know, the reaction, I, I don't have any specifics of like people jumping up and giving high fives, but I think it was, you know, a signal that, you know, they respected and thought was of value. All right. Finally, three more lines of questioning where. It concerned the objective to get help from D.C. Conversation one, Majority Council. Did during that, I'll say, after dinner at the Four Seasons, did Mikola Zlochevsky or Vadim ask Hunter Biden to make any phone calls? Archer. Yes, though I was not a party to that phone call. Majority Council, what was the request? Archer. The request was, I think they were getting pressure, and they requested Hunter, you know, help them with some of that pressure. Majority counsel, what pressure? Archer, government. Government pressure on their, you know, government pressure from Ukrainian government investigations into Mykola, etc. But it was, it was not, it wasn't like a specific, not a specific request. It was just we were sitting there at the Four Seasons having, you know, coffee. And there was, there was Mikola. There was one of the managers for the Four Seasons who managed that property, Vadim. So it wasn't like a closed, it wasn't like, it was not like a specific meeting. Majority Council, when you say pressure from the government, at this time, were you aware that Victor Shokin was investigating Burisma? Archer, 
to the best, I, I vaguely, whether it was Shokin, I vaguely, there was a lot of pressure initially. There was, there was several pressure issues. It was kind of a theme of Burisma. Uh, th- th- there was capital tied up in London, 23 million pounds. Th- th- there was, you know, a U.S. visa denied and, and then a Mexican visa, a Mexico visa denied. And, and then there was – so Shokin wasn't specifically on my radar as being an individual that was, that was targeting him. But, yes, there was constant pressure. And it was like it was like whack-a-mole in regards to the pressures they had to resolve. At this point, Congressman Jim Jordan jumps in. The request from Mr. from Mikolas Lochevsky and Vadim to Mr. Biden and or if you said it was to you, the request was for help from whom to deal with what pressure? Archer. The request, you know, basically the request is like, can D.C. help? But there were not, you know, I'm not going to. There was not. It wasn't like there weren't specific, you know, can the big guy help? It was always this amorphous, can we get help in D.C.? Representative Jordan, the request was help from the United States government to deal with the pressure that they were under from their prosecutor. And that entailed the freezing of assets at the London Bank and other things that were going on in Ukraine. Archer, correct. All right, conversation number two. Representative Andy Biggs. So why do you think they were asking Hunter Biden for D.C. help? Archer, I, I mean, why? Representative Biggs, I mean, I mean, what did you take away from that? Archer, well, I mean, he was a lobbyist and an expert, and obviously he carried, you know, a very powerful name. So I think it was that's what they were asking for. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. 
this is when you hear it the way you're describing it, Senator, I think most people and this is something, by the way, you're not going to hear anywhere else because they don't have the time or they don't want to take the time or they don't want to tell you this story. You hear this testimony and it's so damning. It's also so condescending to the American people that this is allowed to happen in this country by the president of the United States of America, who was selling the United States of America out to the highest corrupt bidder, which was also in, in many ways a shockingly low amount of money that, that you could buy a vice president for a million here, two million here, don't forget five the million here. But look, yeah, a Porsche is a nice Porsche. car. That's d true. The don't Porsche is diminish nice. a Porsche. That's valid point. I apologize to all Porsche drivers out there. <laughs> But it's it's amazing that this is happening. And, and I, I have to go back real quick, Senator, and play this. Because when all this came out that you just read, the media went to full-blown cover their AWSs, the White House, the president, their own. Oh, come on. Said, come on, Ben. Why would you call it a, a cover-up? It's not like they turned around and indicted Donald Trump or anything. That's true. Good point. But they did go on TV and they did say over and over again that it's, quote, normal for you to have your dad kind of juice your business with your context. Here is just some of the media saying this right after this testimony. Nothing, not even approximating improper, much less wrong or illegal. It's wishful thinking. They're trying to create yeah. a scandal. They get pretty clear, at least so far, there is nothing there. House Republicans continue their search for any proof at all tying President Joe Biden to his son Hunter's business dealings. Joe Biden had nothing to do with Hunter Biden's business dealings. Because they want to, they want to dirty up Biden's name. You know, Republicans have been trying to use Hunter Biden's behavior against the president. Did not know about anything that Hunter Biden was doing. Cena Biden was, was simply involved in his son's life in a personal capacity. Republicans from Consistently trying to make this argument uh, and create the illusion of of some um, malfeasance being there. Spoke to business associates of Hunter Biden to say hello, to have small talk, casual conversation. Hunter Biden talked to his dad on the phone all the time. They talked basically every day. Sometimes Joe Biden would say hello to the people in the room if he popped in or on the phone or whatever. It's all casual conversation niceties, the weather. They never discussed the business. These were more of just cordial hello types of conversations. Business was never discussed on those calls and that was more casual sort of check-ins, casual conversations. President Biden might have said, hey, quit putting me on speakerphone. Uh, you know, are, are you having a business meeting? Like, what, what is that about? But do you hang up on your phone, on your, on your side? Bo Biden, Hunter's brother and President Biden's son, was very ill with cancer and then passed away. That, as the witness today testified, was what these conversations and these calls were about. We should put this in context. This is a time when Bo Biden, the president's other son, was ill and then dying and then, and then passed away. Very fraught and and sad time for the Biden family, and we know how important family is uh, to the president. They're doing Donald Trump's bidding, going after Hunter Biden, trying to create a, a tie to the president. This is a this is a political move here. It is a it is a politics thing, right? In as much as it's anything else, fair? Yeah, I think so. There does not appear to have been a direct business tie. Because right now you don't see any conduct that's illegal that there is regulation or law that's prohibiting it even though it might be highly unethical i don't see high crimes and misdemeanors i don't even see a low crime mm. i see a, a son who's using his father people with famous last names 
uh, using them for their own purposes. People in your families, uh, their ne'er-do-wells, this is as old as time. It's not old as time, Senator. And as James Comer said, it was influence peddling. They sold Joe Biden, and Joe Biden himself talked to every single person that has wired money to the Bidens. That's James Comer's exact quote. And the entire media apparatus is saying, it is just normal for you to call your dad and to talk to your dad. And then they just happen to be sitting with every, again, I love this line from James Comer. They, Joe Biden himself talked to every single person that has wired money to the Bidens. Well, you know, I got to say that that clown parade that you just played, every person on it should, if there was a card to be a journalist, they should hand in their cards. They don't get to pretend to be journalists anymore. They are propagandists. They are cheerleaders. They are professional liars for the White House. This is normal. Nothing to see. You know, one of them. This isn't a high crime and misdemeanor. It's not even a low crime or misdemeanor. No, let's be clear. Getting paid $5 million or $10 million, five to you and five to your son, for official favors when you're vice president of the United States, that's bribery. Bribery is, in fact, a high crime or misdemeanor. The Constitution says you can be impeached for treason and bribery or other high crimes or misdemeanors. So both treason and bribery are, in fact, high crimes or misdemeanors. But bribery is explicitly enumerated. And every one of those clowns is ignoring the fact that Devin Archer, if what he has said is true, testified that, that Joe Biden has been lying for years and brazenly lying. Never talked, never talked, never talked, never once talked to Hunter about any of his business dealings. Well, yeah, sat down at Cafe Milano with, like, every corrupt Russian and Ukrainian you could find. I mean, like, holy cow. You know, it's one thing. Listen, there are lots of people in Washington who have a ne'er-to-well kid who goes and is a lobbyist for some big company and is selling influence on K Street. Sadly, that is quite common. I'll tell you what's not common is going and seeking out the Chinese communists, going and seeking out corrupt oligarchs, going and seeking out enemies of America, and shaking them down for millions of dollars. And to be clear, look, Devin's Archer testimony makes clear. Hunter Biden didn't know a damn thing about Burisma. He didn't know a damn thing about oil and gas. He didn't know a damn thing about Ukraine. He couldn't speak Ukrainian. His value was one value only, that he could dial up the phone and get Joe on the phone, and Joe would take the call and jump on the speakerphone and then act. And, and let's, let's remember what a bribe is. Quid pro quo, the, the phrase the Democrats made famous in the first impeachment trial of Trump. This for that. The FD-1023 and Devin Archer, Archer's testimony both indicate that Burisma wanted help with the government pressure from Ukraine, specifically the prosecutor, Victor Shokin, that was going after him, that had frozen the oligarch's assets. And we know that the quo happened. We know that Joe Biden went to Ukraine and held up a billion dollars in federal government loan guarantees until the Ukrainian president fired that prosecutor. Joe Biden, in the famous son-of-a-bitch interview, has bragged about that. So the, the quo part is undisputed, and it's admitted. The only part that is even slightly in dispute is, is the quid part. Was, in fact, $5 million paid to Hunter and $5 million paid to Joe in exchange for that? If the answer to that is yes, then Joe Biden is guilty of bribery, and every one of those clowns desperately wants to cover that up 
because they're, they're not even pretending to be journalists anymore. I want to tell you real quick about our friends at Patriot Mobile. If you are sick and tired of giving your money to woke companies, uh, then there is one thing that you have in your hand right now, your cell phone, that you can switch to a company that's aligned with your values, probably save money over what you're paying right now, and support amazing conservative causes. I want you to know about Patriot Mobile. They're America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They offer dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks, so you get the best possible service in your area without the woke propaganda pushed by leftists working hard to destroy this country. Now, when you switch cell phone providers, you I know the first question you're going to ask is the one I asked, right? Okay, is there going to be great coverage? The answer is yes, because you're on the same networks. And when you switch, there's another perk. Every time you pay your bill at no extra cost to you, a percentage of your bill goes back to supporting free speech and religious freedom, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, and our military, our veterans, our first responders. Patriot Mobile also has a 100% U.S.-based customer service team, so that makes switching easy, and you're supporting American workers in the process. Check out Patriot Mobile. Stop giving your money to woke companies and make that switch. You can keep your same cell phone number. You can keep the same cell phone you have or upgrade to a new one. Plus, you're going to get free activation as well with a promo code VERDICT. 878-PATRIOT is the number. That's 878-PATRIOT. 878-PATRIOT. Or online at PatriotMobile.com. That's PatriotMobile.com slash VERDICT. Senator, lastly, Michael Reagan put out a very interesting tweet. Michael Reagan is Ronald Reagan's son. He said, quote, In the eight years that my father was president of the United States, I never once sat in the room with business associates and called him on the phone. If I had, the Democrats would have skewered me. He's absolutely right. And the media. And then they would have tried to impeach Ronald Reagan, I'm sure, if that would have been the case. And I think Ronald Reagan's point is, look just how much has changed in this country from what, when, the, when we had a free press compared to the, the socialist press we have now and, and what you can now get away with that no one could have gotten away with back in the 80s or the 90s or even the early 2000s. Look, that, that, that's exactly right. And, and it's worth understanding that the objective of the Democrats, the objective of the Biden DOJ, the objective of the corporate media, it's all the same, which is to protect the big guy, to protect Joe Biden. We've talked at length on this podcast about how Hunter Biden's personal troubles, his his substance abuse, this is a, a troubled soul. That's not an issue of national news. If he were just another guy struggling with his demons, okay, there are lots of people who, who deal with that. The reason this is an issue of public concern is it directly implicates official corruption by the then vice president of the United States and the current president of the United States. And Joe Biden is complicit. He is an active participant. You know, one of the exchanges, I think it was Eugene Robinson, who's, who's on Morning Joe, is saying, well, well gosh, Joe might have said, well, well, why do you keep putting me on the phone? Stop that. Well, Joe didn't say that because when it happens over and over and over again, Joe's not a moron. Yeah. He understands why Hunter Biden is putting him on the phone with these oligarchs, with these people who are paying his son millions of dollars. And by the way, it's not just getting on the phone. He goes to these dinners at Cafe Milano where they're all sitting there. I mean, he he understands full well 
This is business generation, and it's business generation where they're seeking very specific favors from Joe Biden in his official capacity. Remember the WhatsApp uh, encrypted message where where he, he said, I am sitting here next to my father. And if you don't pay me the money, my father, I don't have the language right in front of me, but will punish the living daylights out of you, to, to paraphrase it roughly. It was very clear Hunter was selling carrot and stick. The carrot is pay me and daddy will do favors for you. The stick was don't pay me and daddy will harm you using the official power of government. If that is in fact what happened and every day the evidence is making it more and more likely that is what happened. That is the very essence of corruption. And 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 I want I want everyone just to ask yourself something. So for the bulk of this podcast, what we did is I simply read excerpts from Devin Archer's testimony. By the way, the full transcript's much longer than that. I just just selected some key excerpts that were particularly newsworthy. I want you to ask yourself, did you read any of these excerpts in the newspaper? Did you see any of these excerpts on the 6 o'clock news? Did you see any of them on CNN or MSNBC? No, they don't cover actual news. But I guarantee you, you saw all of them hyperventilating with joy about yet another indictment of Donald Trump. Every one of those journalists should be ashamed because they're no longer practicing journalism. Yeah, journalism is dead in this country. There's no doubt about it. Don't forget to go back and listen to our last show. Uh, We're going to keep covering this. We will also cover uh, more on the Trump indictments, but this uh, Devin Archer testimony is something uh, they want to push out of the headlines. We refuse to let that happen. So share this on social media with your family and friends. Please uh, share it wherever you can. Also hit that follow button if you're listening on Apple so you don't miss a show or that like button, subscribe button, depending on what platform you're listening on right now. Uh, and write us a five-star review. It helps us reach more people. And we'll see you back here in a couple of days. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.